It's Monkey Doo's Movie Reviews. Get a snack, relax, and enjoy the show. So, this week was very exciting for me. So, I went to acting camp this past week. How did you enjoy it, Luke? I had a blast. Why don't you tell us some of the things that you learned? So... I learned blocking. I did, what's it called where you do the voice? Projecting. 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 Um, We did this walking thing whenever you call a number, you have to walk. um, Well, whenever the teacher calls a number, Mm -hmm. you walk that much speed. I think one of the more interesting things that your listeners may want to hear is that you got to make your stage debut at the end of the week with a character you created all on your own. Why don't you tell us about that? So my creative character was named Laser Man. He was the king of lasers and he wanted to destroy the world and steal Agent Red's power gloves so he could destroy the world with the most of this team, but most likely in the comics I'm going to be making for him, he'll be very independent. I like it. So we've, we've got comics to look forward to about Laser Man. We haven't seen the end of Laser Man yet? No, we haven't. I'm excited. Let me, let me just go ahead and say out there to all of our listeners, your host here. In his debut, and I think mom will agree, was near flawless. He was incredible. Absolutely. He came up with his own costume design, his own character development, his character backstory. Um, He also had great inflection and intonation and... He was just amazing. We didn't really have to guide him with anything because he just was so natural at his movement and his uh, just everything as far as his character was concerned. We were so impressed. So, Uh, so listeners, if you'd like to hear this, this is a spoiler that you'll find out in the comics. Don't tell anybody that you know this. There's a story behind Laser Man that his parents died in a car crash when he was a kid. So he went crazy and started trying to destroy the world. Oh, that would make me go crazy. Uh, So where, you know, like Batman or Spider-Man, you know, they become heroes because of loss of loved ones. They become heroes. You made Laser Man become angry and a villain. Yes, because he couldn't have the pain anymore. I like it. He couldn't heal the pain. And so he just got so angry. And also, he also, the first mission he had was to try to find and kill the person who started the car crash. Mmm. You're going deep with this. Dun, dun, dun. Find out what happens when Luke releases his comics about Laser Man. So, well, let's hop into our podcast. So, welcome to Lukey Doo's Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Luke White. 
I'm Daniel White. And I'm Ashley White. This week we are reviewing Boss Baby, rated PG. So let's hop right in. All right. So favorite characters. Let's start with mom. I had a couple of favorite characters, but my ultimate favorite character in Boss Baby is Wizzy, the wizard alarm clock that is supposed to be reminiscent of Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. And I actually didn't know until we started doing research for this film that it wasn't Sir Ian McKellen who did the voice for Wizzy. I was quite shocked because the character actor who does the voice sounds so much like him, but it's a gentleman named James McGrath. Yes. And also, this is a funny thing. Um, I'm pretty sure that Tom McGrath, the the director and the person who played the lady on TV, mm-hmm. um, I think that they're father and son. You know what? I read that they are. So, which one's older? Tom is the dad. James is the son. Oh, I I thought it was the other way. Oh, and then I also liked the character of Timothy Templeton. Of course, everybody loves Boss Baby, but that's a little bit obvious. Which and, Tim? Um, I liked the uh, the young Tim. And I have to say, I really felt like the child that played the young Timothy Templeton, Miles, Miles Bakshi. Bakshi. Yep. I felt like he did an amazing job holding his own against a seasoned actor like Alec Baldwin. It Not every child can just get on screen and be able to hold their own against someone so... I guess I just, I can't find another word except for seasoned actor. Uh, like Alec Baldwin, it, it he just did amazing. So I was really impressed with him. So here comes my favorite actors and my favorite um um characters. So let's start with Mr. Steve Buscemi or Buscemi. We've had a shout out to him. So many times. So many times. It's kind of like the Ian McShane. I mean, if we could get either one of those guys to just listen to this podcast, I'd... you guys would make Luke's dreams come true. Yep. And if y'all are listening for real, Mr. McShane or Mr. Buscemi, remember to just slide a comic. I'm a comment. <laughs> <laughs> now, who did Steve Buscemi play? Steve Buscemi played Mr. Francis, which leads up to my favorite character, Mr. Francis. Who is Mr. Francis in the movie? He's the villain who's trying to make the forever puppy. The forever puppies are adorable. I wish my dog Skeeby was a forever puppy. Oh. Any other favorite characters? Um, Mr. Toby Maguire as Old Tim. I I've always loved Toby Maguire. He's a good actor. I can't handle it. <laughs> He's my favorite Spider-Man, too. Oh. All right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. He's the best one. He played... Um, I'm pretty sure he played Spider-Man in my favorite Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man 2. He did. He did, indeed. 
he really was a good Peter Parker in Spider-Man, but that's about and, where it ends with me. And wasn't he in Spider-Man No Way Home? He was. He was. Along with Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, where they all come together. Yep. I thoroughly enjoyed him in The Great Gatsby, but that's definitely not a family-friendly movie. No, and oh. it's not a very interesting one to watch either. I think Baz Luhrmann is the Daryl Hannah of directors. Well, I politely disagree. <laughs> There's also Tick, Tick, Boom, which is your favorite. That's Andrew oh, Garfield. That's Andrew Garfield. Oh. Yes. But Who tick, is tick, phenomenal boom. in everything. Yes. Yeah. So, it's your turn. My favorite character is young Tim, and I will explain it a little bit more. Um, my wait, I'm not finished. Oh, oh, excuse me, everyone. Mr. Alec Baldwin. Who haven't y'all told me he's not a very nice person? He he doesn't seem to be very fan friendly, but I don't know that that doesn't necessarily mean he's a nice person or not. Some some actors don't like. Special, interaction a lot but still i think harrison ford would be more friendly than him maybe so he played the baby or should i say theodore Lindsay templeton yes okay now it's your turn thank you again son uh tim as i was saying young tim i have i'm drawn to this character for a number of reasons that you'll find out later in this podcast, but for now, I will just say that he reminds me a lot of our oldest child, Jacob. When uh, I had met my wife, Jacob was only 10 years old, and Luke was not even a thought in either of our brains at the moment. But he was a sparkle in our eyes. Yes, he was. He was, I feel like... My star, my star will always shine. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> I feel like Luke has always been with us, but... You know, Jacob's presence was immediate in my life, and um, I'm very, I'm very, very close. We have a very, we have a very unique relationship for stepson and stepdad, and I even hate the word step just because of how close we are. But yeah, um, yeah I like, I like young Tim, and I'll explain more later on. And also, Dad, what? Remember when y'all first met? You told me this story. He used to think you were a professional soccer player. No, he thought I was our good friend, Eric, who's about six inches shorter than me, has bright red hair and a big Yukon Cornelius beard. Looked nothing like me, but he insisted that it was me. But hey, it worked. It, it led me to your mom. So thanks, Jacob. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. So let's move on to my favorite part. So let's start with me. Everything. Everything. This movie is one of my favorite movies ever. And, you know, before it even came on at Netflix, I was just waiting to watch it because it wasn't on anything for free because we didn't have Peacock at the time. And I had to wait almost around four years four or five years to watch that movie again. Well, if you wanted it so bad, why didn't you tell us to buy it, silly? Well, Dad kept refusing to buy it. Oh, Dad. Look, man, we're trying to move. We're on a budget here. Did we, did we get approved yet? 
You've got Disney passes. What are you arguing about? And Universal passes. Mm. Keep talking. Well, that's really it. <laughs> okay. And Steady's turn. All right. Since I just got made the villain in this story, let me see here. Um, my favorite part is kind of piggybacking off of my favorite character. There's a part in the movie where Boss Baby gets really sad because he thinks that he's lost and he's clearly just a baby, so he starts crying. And Tim consoles him. And what does Tim do? Tim consoles him by singing him his own special song that his parents used to exclusively sing to him. And it reminds me of a time when Luke was born and Ashley and I both woke up in the middle of the night to him crying. We went into the bedroom and what did we find? Middle of the night, we found young Jacob by his brother's side at the crib trying to console him and rock him back to sleep. He had picked him up and he was holding him and cradling him and just and telling him, telling you that he loves you. And that's what that reminds me of. That is why that is my favorite part. You've always been very blessed to have an awesome big brother. And wasn't that when we lived in Middlesex? Yes. And now we're all the way here in Paul Park. We're around 13 hours away. So. Yeah, come a long way, haven't we? Much safer now. It's mommy's turn. I have a lot of favorite parts about this movie. I really enjoy the intro where the parents are tucking Tim into bed and they say, hey, Tim, how would you like to have a baby brother? And he says, no, thanks. It pretty much reminds me of, of me. Yep, it absolutely does. We uh, We found out that we were pregnant and when we told Jacob that he was going to have a baby brother, Jacob was not happy. He wanted a sister so bad. However, I am happy to say that just like the movie, Luke and Jacob have become the best of friends and siblings. We've, I mean, back when I was around four and um, me and Jacob really didn't get along that much. But now... We joke to each other. We have been the same relationship that we were when he, when I was not even one and he was 13. That's right. So this movie just has a lot of interactions between Tim and Boss Baby, the love-hate relationship, especially when they go getting along is exhausting. Um, and then my other favorite part is when Boss Baby looks at Tim and says, I may look like a baby, but I was born all grown up, which could not be more of this Luke. guy right here. That's you, buddy. When this movie came out, we used to jokingly say that Boss Baby was Luke, but this could not be a truer depiction of your host right here. Luke has been born an adult. It is so, so similar. I was born as a 90-year-old. That's right. But I like this. Well, I'm actually a kid. I just like to say that, that I'm 97. I enjoy being a kid because my parents are still around 
my grandparents are still around and I love them. That's good. You know, you really are a boss baby with Tim's creativity and imagination. Mm -hmm. I demand things. Yes, you do. <laughs> so now to move on to least favorite character. Or if you have a Daryl Hannah, we could do mm -hmm. that too. Like we've been doing for the past three weeks. Stad's turn to go first. Least favorite character, least favorite actor, the Daryl Hannah goes to Jimmy Kimmel for me. What? <clears throat> Jimmy Kimmel was one of the best actors there. Well, let me tell you why. I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. I used to like Jimmy Kimmel. I used to think he was very funny, but you know, his off-screen arrogance and some things that he has said and done, I don't really disagree. I don't really agree with, and I'm not going to go into details. It's not what this podcast is about. Um, it's okay to disagree with somebody and move on. But for me, there are some things that he has done and said that just kind of makes it hard for me to enjoy seeing him or hearing his voice. Um, I just, I don't like him that much. Uh, it, it's just my opinion. And I, uh, I don't know. And I didn't really like the dad that much either. He kind of just, I don't know. It kind of goes into my least favorite part. So I, I won't go into it. Let's just, it's mom's turn, right? Yeah, but first I'm moving ahead of time. This is out of nowhere probably. But I know what I'm breaking down already next. Okay. So, so it's mommy's turn. I am piggybacking off of dad here. I don't have a least favorite character in this movie. However, my Daryl Hannah award also goes to Jimmy Kimmel. One, because there was no characterization behind dad. It was flat. All you hear is Jimmy Kimmel's voice. And two, because I also feel that Jimmy Kimmel um, has some hip hypocrisy in his um, ideals and things that as a family-friendly podcast, we won't go into, but I, I could have done without him in this movie. So that's my opinion. Yeah, and it's my turn. My least favorite characters are the triplets. Why? Because, well, I just don't really like them that much. But the only, I mean, I like Jimbo, but the the Stacy the triplets and Jimbo weren't necessary. The whole meeting thing wasn't necessary. Okay, fair enough. So let's move on to least favorite parts. It's mommy's turn. Mommy's turn. So my least favorite part of the movie—it's really hard to pick a least favorite part just because I love this movie so much, but. If I had to pick one, it would be when Tim is in his imaginary jail cell, which is his room, and he can hear through the wall that the parents are singing his special song to Boss Baby. Yes. It, it really hurt my feelings just because I do feel as a parent that there should be some things that are sacred between each parent and child relationship. Um, I know for me personally, there was a song that I wrote for Jacob when he was a baby, and that is his special song 
Likewise, when you were a baby, I wrote you a special song. You did? I did. And I used to sing it to you. But you used to prefer Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, so you could sing along. So, <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't even sing it right. But it was so adorable. It's okay. Yeah. So, to my least favorite part. I wrote down nothing but listening to mom's. I'm going to piggyback on hers. I don't like um, when people um, spread sacred things with their children mm -hmm. so i'm piggybacking on mom that i don't like when they were singing tim's song to theodore so it's daddy's turn okay um so i think it's important to remember that this movie is clearly from the point of view of young tim and his overactive imagination. Now, uh, I do think it's kind of cool to see how through the eyes of a child, a young child who's used to being the only child and then bringing a sibling into the world, how his parents are acting and what he sees it as. And my least favorite part is very similar to that, except it's the overall scope of how his parents basically just give all of the attention to the yes. baby. Uh, I know for us, and I hate, I hate seeing things where I feel like parents are being bad parents. Mm -hmm. um, just because of how much you and I do for our kids and, and not to be narcissistic here, but like we, we really do try to make an effort in this life to do everything we can while we have our children with us. Mm -hmm. And I hated watching how, they just gave all the attention to boss baby and Tim just sat in his bed, you know, that scene where he was waiting for them to come and sing him a song or just give him a hug and they didn't come. And it just made me sad because when you were born, we still made it very, very clear to Jacob that he was still a priority to us as well. Yeah. And I feel like there it's hard to do that with a newborn, but it's not impossible. And if you can't do that, if you can't give love to all of your children, then, then I mean, you shouldn't have maybe continued on and, and made your family bigger. Yeah. And also, um, even if Jacob didn't have all the love from you, I still we still played around with each other. So it goes to overall thoughts. And it's my turn. This is a great movie. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Dad, don't you. Excuse me. I, I was taking a sip of coffee because I was not anticipating a short segue to me. I think this movie is very cute uh, for a lot of the reasons I listed. I already explained. I just I think it's cool to see a movie um, that tells the story of what it's like for an older sibling to have a younger sibling come into his life and just how that unfolds. Yeah. So it's mommy, mommy's turn. My overall thoughts are that this is a cute movie. I really enjoyed the creativity that went into it. It reminds me a lot of the dynamic between our two sons, Jacob and Luke. 
like I said, when this movie came out, we called Luke Boss Baby just because it, this could not be a truer depiction of the two of them. So my overall thoughts are this this movie is well done. Yeah. So it's one person. Who would you recast? I'm going to go first because I have a good one. Triplets, I'd recast. And they could be played by perfectly by Kevin Hart. <laughs> could you imagine? I oh, could. that would be awesome. I think that they might steal the show a little bit, though, if they were yeah. played by Kevin Hart. It yes. might turn into a movie about the triplets. Have three Kevin Harts. Ah, oh. oh, Kevin Hart. We love you. <laughs> All right. So, Mom, Dad, it's actually, let's go with Mom. Um, if I was going to recast one person besides our Daryl Hannah of the week, I I chose Tobey Maguire. And the only reason that I did that is because in the sequel, um, older Timothy is played by James Marsden. I cannot stand when there is a actor change between yes. the original movie to sequels. So that is my personal pet peeve. So that's why I chose him. As your Daryl Hannah? No, no, no. As my one person that I could recast. My Daryl Hannah is still Jenny Kimmel. What? You recast Tobey Maguire? Only, be only because in the sequel, James Marsden played the older Timothy. Guess what? What? This is very depressing for me. Bill Hader and Mindy Kaling are not coming back for Inside Out 2. Bill Hader, why are you not coming back? This is so depressing for me. You are an awesome actor. So, Bill, we'd like for you to drop a comment. And tell us why. Yes, please. I, you have a lot of explaining to do. Yes. We're not very happy with you right now. All right. It's Dad's turn. I'm recasting my Daryl Hannah. I'm sticking with the the Daryl Hannah treatment to Jimmy Kimmel. I want him gone, and I want Michael Keaton to play the dad. You would be a good one. Yes. And the only reason for that is because I love Michael Keaton, and I would watch him in literally anything. All right. So what's our special question this week, Luke? So the special question week this week is, do you think that babies can communicate or see things that we can't as older people? Hmm. So I'll go first. Yes, I do believe in that. First reason is when I was two, I my dog was barking. I giggled, I looked at the sky, and I said, Nana's mommy, which it's still kind of horrifying to me. Why is it horrifying? I think it's sweet. It's, it's just, it's kind of creepy. And also, my cousin, Cybear, he's two. When he was at Ocracoke, he was playing by the lighthouse. He said, I see a ghost, ghost. And he said, he has a red jacket, black beard, and his name was Teach. And who's Teach? Edward Teach, the one and only Blackbeard. Now, this was a child who was less than two years old mm -hmm. and would have had no idea 
about the history of this. And they were not even talking about Blackbeard at this moment either. So pretty weird. And across from my great grandparents' house was an I is an island that Blackbeard used to hide at. It's true. And this was many years ago. This was years ago in the 1500s, probably, where Blackbeard used to hide in Chowan County. So, shout out to Momo and Papa. Absolutely. So, and also, I think babies have some communication with each other that we can't understand because... Most babies engage well with each other. That's a good observation, Luke. It is. Very wise. um, I think they have a set of communication. All right. Hmm. So it's daddy's turn. I also agree. And the only, um, other than the two times I witnessed it with you, and I kind of want you to explain the two different times go into further detail honey with what uh luke was talking about sure but before i do that i'll just let you know when i was a kid i had a very vivid core memory it's not a dream i i there are times when you know you can't determine whether something was a dream or reality this is a reality we went to my great-grandmother's house who I had only met a handful of times. Grandma McDermott or Pirate Grampy? (sighs) Grampy. Well, now I got to explain. I called my... (sighs) I called my grandpa on my mother's side, mom, a pirate because she was missing a leg. (laughs) Thank you for that, son. No, this was Mama's mommy, the one I called Doojean. Because she was always saying, Jean, do this. Jean, do that. So I called her Doojean. So we went over to my Dujean's house, and I remember seeing when we got out of the car, two people waiting at the door for us. And the second person was my great-granddaddy Clyde, who passed away before I was born. I had never met him before. I had never seen him before other than in pictures. And when we went into the house, I remember my mama and papa kept asking, why, why are you running around the house? I was like two or three. And they were like, why are you running around the house? What are you looking for? I'm looking for Granddaddy Clyde. And they said, what? And, you know, obviously the conversation's fuzzy. But to me, that man was standing on that porch and he waved to me. And I I remember it like the day you were born, son. That's how vivid it is to me. Can you describe it since you remember it that well? I just did. He was standing there in a suit and tie. A gray suit, white shirt, black tie. He had his white hair. He's a short, stocky man. And he was just standing there with his warm smile that I always saw in all the pictures. And he waved to me. And then when we went in the house, he was not there. We got to the doorstep and it was just Dugene. It's crazy. But I want mommy to tell. Maybe um, Granddaddy Clyde came down to meet you. He may have. Because... I'm pretty sure that Nana Beverly um, came down to meet me. I'm 100% certain of it, and I'll explain to you why. So when Luke was a toddler, and although he could communicate really well, 
he um, was still, you know, somewhat talking in baby language and things like that. My Nana Beverly passed away when I was 17 years old. So um, unfortunately, she never got to meet either of our children. Um, and I dearly wish that she could have. But these two instances have convinced me that babies and young children can um, communicate and see things that we can't. So what happened was the first time we were sitting around the table eating dinner at our old house in Newport News and our dog started aggressively barking and you know, everybody gets annoyed with dogs. Okay, hush. We couldn't uh, figure out what she was barking uh, at, but she was... She's definitely barking at Nana Beverly. Well, let me explain. So she would not stop barking. And then Luke looked up at the ceiling and started giggling beyond control. And he said, Nana's mommy, Nana's mommy. And we just sat with chills because both the dog and our child saw something that we couldn't. We went on about our lives and a couple of weeks later, Luke and I were going to the grocery store at Food Lion, at Food Lion and I was pushing him in the cart and he looked up at the sky, pointed into the clouds and said, ha ha, Nana's mommy. And he was giggling again and laughing and kicking his feet and uh, that just convinced I, me 100%. I thought I waved her and I said, hi, Nana. It, it was something similar to that. I was there for the, the food line experience because you and I just looked at each other again. Joel's dropped. And our cousins, I believe uh, Scott and Amanda, they were at our house playing games and stuff that night. Um, and they were equally as freaked out. Uh, the dog was barking at the same spot Luke was looking at. It was bizarre maybe gracie was like nana, nana. <laughs> in her dog language <laughs> yeah so let's move on so well luke i think you picked a great movie yeah. this week yeah so what are we gonna be breaking down next week mommy well I have chosen a movie that is a family-friendly movie, but not a lot of people have heard about it. It's called Because of When Dixie. It is about a grocery dog. store. No, it's not about a grocery store. <sighs> nice try. I know it's one of your favorites, honey, but no, it's not about the grocery store. Lot <laughs> huge savings. Win-win in the app. Can't beat it. That is not entertaining. <laughs> okay, continue. So it's about a dog who gets loose in a Winn-Dixie and formulates a friendship with a little girl. And so I can't wait to break that down for you next week. Okay. And where did they meet? At Winn-Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> so it is about Winn-Dixie. I'm excited too. I've never seen it. All right. So that's about it. So thank you for listening. Drop a comment. And we'll see you next week with with because of a grocery store. That's not the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs>